Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am the host of Independent Thought. My name is Desmond Price. No matter where you are in the world, I want to thank you for giving me a few minutes of your day to hear my thoughts. As always, we have a great show for you today. Now here are our topics. On today's episode, we will be discussing the ongoing feud between Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. What exactly happened and what is my take on it? And in our second segment, we'll be joined once again by Christopher Tracy to get his views on what's going on with that as well and on what's going on with Bernie and his potential bid against Donald Trump in the 2020 election. Stay tuned. For our episode today, our main topic is about the ongoing feud between Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. So let's start off with what the facts are that we know so far. We know that Elizabeth Warren claimed that in a conversation in December of 2018, that Bernie Sanders told her that he did not believe that a woman could be president. Now, Bernie has come out during, you know, since then and said that he did not say that in fact. And so we currently have a case of one person saying you did say it versus another person saying you didn't say it. So what was the result? The result was, was that a couple days after the story first was leaked by some Elizabeth Warren staffers, that Elizabeth Warren herself came out and confirmed it to be true. Now, since then, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren were on the debate stage in Des Moines, Iowa for the seventh Democratic debate of this primary season. The moderators, of course, asked the question to both people. They first asked Bernie Sanders, did you in fact say this? He said that he did not say it. Now, after the fact, they turned right to Elizabeth Warren and said, now, um, Senator Warren, when Bernie Sanders said this, How did it make you feel? As if they were saying that, even though that Bernie said that he didn't say it, that he definitely did say it. Now, a lot of people had come out and objected to the moderator phrasing the question this way, because it was presuming the guilt of Bernie Sanders for reasons unknown. And since then, CNN has taken very, well, many opportunities To just basically call Bernie a sexist, say that he's a misogynist, say that he doesn't believe in women, basically saying that Elizabeth Warren was completely right in her assessment of the situation. Now, many have asked the question, could it just be a simple fact that she misheard him? I mean, it doesn't really seem within Bernie Sanders' character to say that a woman could not win the presidency, given how hard he campaigned for Hillary Clinton once she became the nominee in 2016. On top of the fact that it was Bernie himself who asked Elizabeth Warren to run for president in 2016, only after she said no, that he then did himself so that a progressive voice would be heard in the primary process. 
So, where does this all leave us? What exactly should we believe from this? And does this matter? All of that and more in our final segment of today's episode. Betty's Divine is a locally owned boutique on the magnificent hip strip in downtown Missoula, Montana that has been a fixture in the Mountain West since 2005. We have a fondness for vintage inspired clothing, shoes and accessories for humans, as well as the real deal found in our vintage department, Divine Trash. Betty's Divine presents a snapshot of Northwest styles with an emphasis on street, skate, surf and rock and roll culture, as well as Americana classics. Alongside a radical selection of clothing, Betty's Divine offers a damn fine array of shoes, jewelry, records, and accessories to satisfy any taste, whatever your age or vibe. You can count on us to prioritize financial, social, and environmental responsibility without sacrificing the look. Visitors enjoy a lovely atmosphere, dreamy tunes, and the best customer service in the West. And you can shop us online at Betty'sDivine.com. thought listeners has this past year helped you rediscover your creative and crafty side well then you're going to love our sponsor for today's episode bathing beauties beads is a full service bead shop in the heart of downtown missoula whether it's seed beads semi-precious stones vintage beads or just materials to make a project they have something for every person and every price range not from missoula don't worry they have an extensive online store and they will ship directly to you Whether you're a beginner or a pro, they'll welcome you and help you make your next project a reality. You can find them online at Bathing Beauties Beads on Instagram and Facebook or at BathingBeautiesBeads.com. And don't forget to use offer code INDEPENDENTTHOUGHT at checkout to save 15% on your order. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I once again am joined by our guest, Mr. Christopher Tracy. Chris, how are you doing today? Doing good, D. How about you? Not too bad. So we are here today today to talk about a couple different items, one of which uh, was something that you brought to me earlier today, an article that was written about Bernie Sanders. What was the article about? Oh, yeah, it was just about um, basically how he can capitalize and occupy the same position that Trump occupied in 2016. And what exactly was that? Well, you know, he kind of ran on as an anti-war, anti-interventionist candidate. And this article laid down by somebody who's clearly on the right, which is why it shocked me and why it stood out to me. And if I was Bernie, I would totally follow that game plan to a T. Now, why do you believe that the the non-interventionists strategy is best for a candidate in 2020 because i mean there's just an ever more growing sentiment against the wars everybody sees all the lives being lost all the money being wasted and there's really nothing to show for it we're uh not any safer now than we were you know before 9-11 and certainly with all the stuff that's brewing at home i mean we're we're worried about the enemy abroad but you know what about the enemy within which is like very in front of us in our everyday lives, which is kind of, it is each other. 
Okay. So you believe that like we should be spending more resources here in America than in wars in other countries. Absolutely. So it was pretty shocking. You said that this article was written by somebody on the right, given the fact that most people right now just believe that the Republican party is just a monolith, just one party that everyone's just behind Trump to a T. So it is a little strange that you see someone kind of giving Bernie the tools to figure out how to beat Trump. Yeah, and this guy is clearly on the right, and he still takes up for Trump. As a matter of fact, this guy ran for president twice in 92 and 96, and Trump kind of stole his platform to a T and also criticized it, like, I think, uh, late 90s. And what was this guy's name? Pat Buchanan. Pat Buchanan. Okay. So speaking of the whole thing with Trump – you know, just like running for re-election this year, running against the, whoever the Democratic nominee is going to be. What do you think Trump's path forward is if he is going to win re-election? Well, he's got to make sure that a war doesn't escalate in the Middle East. And number two, the economy has to be solid. Now, there is a lot of figures right now that are saying that the, the GDP is going up and the stock prices are going up and so on and so forth. A lot of people on the left are countering that while that may be happening, that a lot of, you know, just like average working families just aren't seeing any kind of raises whatsoever. Do you think that people are going to just look at the stock prices going up and just think that the economy is okay? Or do people actually, you know, feel what the left is saying and that like, you know, like maybe stocks are going up, but my, you know, my paycheck isn't going up. Um, I mean, it depends because you know how we are, D. We like we very much like to lie to ourselves, especially to justify doing something that a lot of other people view as, you know, not the right thing to do, like what people view with a lot of Trump supporters. But me, just trying to be objective as possible. I mean, the country is still trillions of dollars in debt. And as far as I know, and I know as far as you know, he hasn't really seriously addressed that. I don't think the national debt has gone down a cent under Trump. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure it's increased. Yes, it has increased. Um, Trump has already risen up like well over a trillion dollars additional onto the debt than there was before. So, you know, the funny thing about that is I feel as though whenever Republicans raise the debt in any way, shape or form, they seem to be absolved of any criticism that comes with that. Yeah, exactly. And they've always prided themselves as the party of fiscal responsibility. Right. Now, the the strange thing about that is, is that I, I feel as though, you know, right now, you know, when you're talking about the, the Democrats, they're going to be labeled as socialists, no matter who's running. You know, the Republic, you know, Trump will come out and call whomever the candidate is as a socialist and say that they want to do a bunch of crazy things that we cannot account for. But. What's funny to me is that the Republicans, you know, are running up huge deficits right now with these tax, with this tax cuts that they gave out. But there isn't a single whimper being let out about like how much that's adding to the debt. All of a sudden, it seems like that just doesn't matter as much as it did the last eight years. Yeah, exactly. And we noticed the same thing with the Reagan era. Reagan ran as, you know, fiscal responsibility and all of that. And, you know, being conservative, even kind of libertarian. And like limiting, limiting the scope of the federal government. And you've read the history just like I have, D. He didn't do that. He was the opposite of that. He ran up a huge deficit and he definitely using the Cold War to do it. 
expanded the role of the government. Right. So while, you know, Republicans have always talked about limiting the size of government, I believe it was also under George W. Bush that he tripled the size of government while he was in office under the guise of, you know, Afghanistan and Iraq. Exactly. The war on terror, you know, created the Department of Homeland Security, which was entirely unnecessary and expanding the role of the Department of Education with the No Child Left Behind Act. Those are all very big, big government acts. Right. And he ran on the platform of not doing that. And he also ran on the idea of having a humble foreign policy and not going out there and dictating to the world how it ought to be. You can look at that on YouTube himself, uh, his uh, candidate interviews before he was elected. His own words. Well, it's funny how, you know, just a year can change that. And obviously 9-11 is a really big deal. And obviously, you know, things need to be adjusted for that. But, you know, one could argue that he could have accomplished what he needed to accomplish without creating additional branches of government. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Especially with uh, what he did with DHS and just we have a Department of Homeland Security like uh, we didn't need to have a specific branch. You know, we've always known that the FBI deals with domestic stuff. And, you know, we have the CIA dealing with stuff abroad. I mean, it was just unnecessary to group all that together in more massive bureaucracy. It is. As of right now, watch out. I'm sorry. As of 2015, 54% of the budget for our government goes to military. So if the Department of Defense allocates 54% of all of the tax dollars that are taken in by the U.S. government... And so what's strange to me is that the right is always championing, you know, like, you know, got to defend the troops. We have to support the troops, this, that, and the other. And at the same time, they're also the same people who hate taxes and say that taxation is theft. And those two ideas just don't seem to correlate that well. You know, seeing as how the Department of Defense is gobbling up the most money, you would think that they'd be a little more, well, they'd be a little more just stringent about that. They probably wouldn't want the military to be absorbing as much money as they are spending as much money as they are just essentially wasting as much money as they do. Exactly. And some of them though, like you'll bring up that point and they're like, Oh, well, well, we need a military. But it's like, okay, but I mean, that's paid for with taxes. And they really don't have anything to say to that. No, so it, it just does, seems like there's oh, a disconnect. Ahead. Yeah. There does seem like there is a really strong disconnect in between I feel as though there are people who really like who spend the time saying that we need to check what we're spending don't really understand what we're being what we're spending our money on. I think the problem really just comes down to miseducation. When you get all of your information from Fox News, I really do feel bad for those people because Fox News honestly does not have your interests in mind when they're trying to inform you about what's going on in the world. They're just trying to stir up controversy. Agreed. I spent some time uh, the other night looking at um, a video. It was a compilation of uh, quote-unquote the top 10 biggest scandals of uh, President Obama's um, presidency. And they were a bunch of just like overblown things that Fox News just went crazy on while Trump, while Obama was president. I mean, one of them was being the time where he wore a tan suit. Oh, that um, was so ridiculous. 
and they were saying that that was just so unpresidential and that Ronald Reagan would never do something like that. And then they cut to a picture of Ronald Reagan wearing a tan suit in the Oval Office twice. It was. <laughs> and they also had this jacket gate one time where Obama was in the Oval Office without a jacket on. And they would say that how no president would ever do that. And then they cut to another picture of Ronald Reagan in the Oval Office with a T-shirt on. I mean, it's like the transgressions are forgiven if they do and say all the things that they like. Basically, you know, Bill Maher took it a step further and he said that as long as you hold the magic letter R, then anything that you do is completely okay. As long as your name is followed by the magic R. Exactly. Then all transgressions are forgiven. But I don't want to pile on, you know, conservatives too much here in, in this segment because i like to be fair to both sides because this we do try to be independent here and you know what's funny to me is have you seen what's going on in the news right now with uh, elizabeth warren and bernie sanders yes i've seen a little bit of that i haven't read too far into it well the story basically surrounds the idea that apparently in december of 2018 Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders were having a conversation. And in that conversation, it was at some point, Elizabeth Warren got the impression that Bernie was trying to tell her that he did not believe that a woman could win the election in 2020. So Bernie claims that he wasn't trying to say that, that he didn't say that. He doesn't remember saying that, but Elizabeth Warren claims that he said that. And now the, she decided to leak this to the press about a week ago for a conversation that happened 14 months ago, 13 months ago. So what, what is your take on this story? Because I, I have some feelings that I'm going to touch on them in the next segment, but I want to get your story. I want to get your take on this. Oh, you know what? I'm not really sure what to make of it at all. I mean, yeah, could Bernie have said that? Sure. Do I necessarily believe that he said that, considering the timing of things? Well, you know, I don't know. It just seems like a case of he said, she said. It does. And what's interesting is that the media right now, especially like on CNN, is taking it as if Bernie definitely said this and that he is some kind of sexist now. Like I said, I mean, he could be, but like, we don't know. And this for me, isn't enough proof of that. Cause certainly you haven't heard anything about his past in regards to being a sexist. Right. Like there's absolutely no reports of it whatsoever in any way, shape or form. Like no staffers have come out and said that Bernie made them feel a certain type of way. No. I mean, this guy's been in politics since the eighties. You know, like, it's not like he's just some fresh face on the scene, you know, like you would think that if something, if there was some pattern of behavior here, you, you would see it somewhere else. Kind of like how Joe Biden was always you know, getting too close to people when he was giving them hugs and stuff, you know, like there wasn't just one video of that. There was like 15, you know. Exactly. So, see, there's... I mean, there's, oh, I ahead. mean, there's a lack of proof. Right. And I just take it, I just take it at, take it at face value. Like, there's, I don't really think there's anything deeper, and I really think this is just stirring stuff up. It does seem a little coincidental that the Iowa caucuses are in less than three weeks, less than two weeks at this point. 
Yep. So it does seem a little strange that it does come exactly at this time. It's almost like it was planned. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. But with that being said, we are going to go ahead and take a quick break. I wanted to go ahead and, and thank my guest here, Christopher Tracy, for coming in. Thank you so much, Chris. Hey, not a problem, D. Always good to be with you. Welcome back from break, everyone. In our first segment today, I spoke about what exactly the details were surrounding the Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren controversy. And now I'm going to give you my thoughts on what exactly I feel this issue really is talking about and how we should feel about it moving forward. So first and foremost, I want to come out and say that I personally have thought that Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren were both pretty decent candidates to run for president. They both seem like they believed in the principles that they've been talking about. They didn't seem like they were on stage just saying whatever needed to be said in order to get elected. And I felt like their policies both reflected policies that are addressing the concerns of many in the nation right now about what we think are issues that we are currently facing, whether it's their both commitment to increasing access to higher education through canceling student debt for most Americans, whether it's increasing access to health care by either adding public options or pushing for Medicare for all, whether it's pushing for a end to dark money and corporate money in our elections and ending Citizens United, a decision made by the Supreme Court that allows unlimited funds by billionaires and by quote-unquote dark money into the political process. It would seem that, that Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren seem pretty much aligned on most issues. So the question really comes down to this. What exactly is the motivation behind Elizabeth Warren's allegation here. Because let's call it for what it is. If this happened in December of 2018, and only now she is bringing this up, that means that Elizabeth Warren sat on this piece of information for over a year. So this conversation happened in December of 2018, and she didn't bring it up to the press at that point in time, even though she felt this way. Okay? And then she entered the race in either March or April of 2019. Didn't bring it up. Bernie Sanders entered the race shortly after her. She didn't bring it up. The first Democratic debate was held in June. She didn't bring it up. They were finally on the stage together. In, I believe it was either in the July debate or in the September debate, I forget. But either way, she didn't bring it up. And all the while, she was saying about how she was with Bernie, how they were aligned, how they were friends. I mean, they spent one debate just defending each other from every single attack. And so a full calendar year has gone by through a Democratic primary process. And Elizabeth Warren chooses to have this story leaked 
three weeks before the Iowa caucuses. You know, it, it just, it seems very disingenuous. If this story happened the way she said it did, and she is upset the way that she claims that she is, why would you spend a full year not addressing it and never once going to Bernie himself and talking about it with him in private, let alone talking about it in public? It's obviously a political move. Nothing more, nothing less. And when you make a political move of this kind, you're basically hoping that the American people won't look at it that way and they'll just take it as an attack on a woman. And that's just kind of greasy. There's no real way around it. I've really lost a lot of respect for Elizabeth Warren with this because whether or not Bernie said it, the fact that she used it as a political tool just kind of undermines the process. In a time where we're trying to champion women's rights and equality, I feel as though you undermined these movements by making a show out of them. If you really felt that Bernie said something inappropriate, the right thing to do is to approach him or approach him in the media, whether it's publicly or privately, when it happens. Not waiting until three weeks before a primary to just finally drop it in an obviously um, coordinated attempt between you and your campaign to discredit one of your rivals. That just doesn't make any sense to me. It's nothing more than just traditional Washington, D.C. politics. It's exactly everything that people hate about Washington, D.C. and the goings-on there. We want nothing more than to have someone who is honest and someone who is just unapologetically themselves and someone who is authentic and love Trump or hate Trump. He is 100% himself, and that's why his supporters love him for us because whether or not you like the guy, that is who he is, and people can get behind someone who is just unapologetically themselves. Calculated political moves like this are just not something that people really want in their politicians anymore, and I just don't think that this is going to go over well for Elizabeth Warren. I wouldn't be surprised if her poll numbers go down after this. It's sad to say, but I just, I really thought more of her than this. I feel like she was above this level of politics, but alas. Now, let's go to the counter-argument here. What if Bernie did say that? I have a hard time believing it because there is nothing in his history that would lead to him saying something like that. There's videos of him in the 1980s talking about how women could win presidency in the 80s. And after essentially losing to Hillary Clinton in the 2016 primaries, he spent his time doing over 40 rallies for Hillary Clinton, trying to help her win the presidency the best way that he could. And as I mentioned in the first segment, he pushed Elizabeth Warren to run for presidency in 2016. This doesn't sound like a person who doesn't believe that a woman can win the presidency. It seems to me that this just was a case of Maybe a misunderstanding, maybe misconstrued, maybe he just didn't say a sentence the right way. 
I just can't find it in myself to believe that Bernie just would do that, just given his history. There's just nothing there that would lead me to believe that Bernie is a closet sexist. I just can't buy it. But, you know, you never really know, but I'm just going to err on the side of caution with this one. Bernie has nothing in his history that would say that he is this kind of person, and this wouldn't be the first time that Elizabeth Warren has said or done some things that are a little deceitful, a little deceptive. Her stance being wishy-washy when it comes to Medicare for All has led some people to believe that maybe she is just trying to say the right things. Her aligning herself with Hillary Clinton hasn't looked the best, given how most people feel that Hillary Clinton is a very corrupt politician. It's one of the things you don't want to bring up, but her stance with claiming that she was a Native American and how that all backfired. Elizabeth Warren hasn't always been the most honest person. And I hate to say it, but I feel like this was a calculated lie on her part. And it's sad because I really wanted to I really wanted to root for her and think of her as a better person than this, but history is just not on her side with this issue. All right, everyone, that is our show for today. I want to thank you all for checking out Indie Thought. Independent Thought is brought to you by your host, Desmond Price. You can follow us on Twitter at Independent Thought or at Indie, I-N-D-E, Thought. So, again, thank you all for coming and hanging out with me. For those of you who found me, on iTunes or on Spotify, please go ahead and subscribe to us. Give us a five-star rating. If you give us a four-star rating, I'm inclined to think you're a hater. So don't hate. Thank you so much. And I hope to see you all next time.